Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. For those of you that don't know, I am not Kent Holland. Uh, our friend, my friend, our dear friend and pastor, Ken Holland, called me yesterday afternoon. And uh, I believe I was sitting at Home Depot, wasn't I? Yeah. Sitting at Home Depot, and uh, as we were sitting there, he said, Jeff, he said, uh, got a problem. And I said, what's your problem, Kent? As if I have to ask. I've got a long list of them. But anyway, so what's going on? And he said, well, he says, on Friday I began to develop vertigo. And he said, and I've just gotten the medicine and stuff. He says, now I think I'm going to preach tomorrow. He says, I think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to take the medicine. He says, the doctor doesn't uh, think so, but he says, I think so. And if anybody knows anything about Kent, he doesn't like to take doctor's advice and we'll go see them. So... I just, yeah, so I just kind of uh, told him, I said, okay, well, whatever we need to do. And uh, we had already sat down and uh, we've been praying about uh, this message series that we're moving into anyway. Uh, but be in prayer for him. Uh, my thing is, is I'm leaving town in just a little bit for the next two days and hopefully he'll be recovered by the time that I get back. But um, as he's recovering, I'll be praying for you. Uh, today, uh, it's a very special time for me, and I think it's one of those times when I remember last night when I was driving down the road, uh, it, it always dawns on me about when something like this happens, and it's a spur of the moment, and you always come up with those words like surprise and, you know, unexpected and, oh, you know, it, it, and there's that feeling of anxiety, but, you know, I can actually tell you last night I didn't because I believe in my heart that God knew that this was going to happen all the time, amen? You don't believe that God knew that this was going to happen all the time? You better nod your head yes. You're dealing with the creator of the universe. Yeah, he did. So if he's not worried about it, I wasn't going to be worried about it. And when I started reflecting on what we're talking about today, I think I know why. Because it's at the center of my DNA. Um, Today we begin to talk about the vision and the new uh, direction and, and the idea of where the church is moving and what our goals should be in the future and all these things. But it really boils down to the mission. And there's probably no other word that means more to me in my Christian faith than mission. I, I deal with it every day. I know that when I walk out my door and I walk into a hospital or if I go visit someone, or if I'm standing in a grocery line, or if I'm sitting at Home Depot as I was yesterday, there always seems to be opportunity, and God has put me on mission. And very shortly, I want to just tell you that I'm not always been that way, that when I was growing up, and Kendra, I think, was even dumbfounded by this, because when I got to college, it was all gone. But growing up, I was such an introvert. I did not talk. Matter of fact, I hid behind my mother. And I would tell people all the time that uh, when they would walk up to me at Main Street and I was, you know, four, five, six years old, they'd look at me and the sweet ladies coming up to me and they're bending down, want me to talk to them and how you doing, Jeff, and stuff like that. The pinching of the cheek, you know, all that stuff. I would look at them and I would lie in church and I would say, Jeff's not here. I am his twin cousin. And, but I will pass the word on that he, that you missed him today. It didn't dawn on me at that age that cousins aren't twins. You know, I, I am pretty thick. So, I mean, it's just about one of those things. 
but that's just the way that my DNA was. And I was that way through elementary school, too. I wasn't a very outgoing person, and neither did I ever think that I would stand up in front of people and talk. And it's such, it's such one of those things that it, it has to be the hand of God that pulls it out of you and allows you to fill in those positions. And I appreciate the, the path that he's brought me on. But I found out at the age of 16 that I was going to be a missionary because I had an idea that I had my first job. I was approached by the Kentucky Baptist Convention to work at a small camp called Raybrook. It was the RA camp. And I was going to go down there and be a staff helper for the summer. Um, and that was okay with me because I didn't want to lead people. I didn't want to be in front of people. I didn't want to have to speak. That was right up my alley, 16 years old. Nobody wants to be in charge. Everybody wants to have fun. Been there, done that. And my first day of camp, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, as the new campers were arriving for that first week of camp, Calvin Fields walks up to me and says, Jeff, says we got a problem. He says, my first and second grade counselor has called, and he's not coming this summer. You're it. 16 years old in a place I didn't want to be. And when you're 16 years old, you're really not sure you'll like little kids anyway, you know. So, But God started to open that door and create in me the ability to be able to work with people and see the good in people. And I, I thank him for that every day. Today, in a very brief time, I'm going to share with you a couple of things. Then I'm going to have my friend Jonathan, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Stanton, come up and share with you from his heart. Because God has opened a door for our church, and we want to make sure that we knock that door and we go through there and we take every opportunity, not for us, but for God's glory. And uh, we're going to be talking about the fact that God has called us to a, a higher purpose than a lot of times that we even put on ourselves. So as we get ready for this message and this time with the Holy Spirit, let's just uh, take a moment and pray and ask God to be present. Father, I just thank you for being here today. Two services, awesome celebrating baptism, both with Sandy and Doug in the first service. Such a generational difference from the one we saw that followed you in baptism in this service. This young girl who is just now beginning her life is, I prayed upstairs, Father, thank you for taking uh, a lead in her life at such a young age and let her do bold things for you. And let, them, let her be that person that she needs to be for you. But Father, today we celebrate as a church, not patting ourselves on the back, we celebrate because again, you proved to us about the way that you're able to minister to us and reach out to us. So in this time today, Father, we just ask that your spirit move among us, that our hearts be touched, that we feel your presence. But most importantly, we know the direction that you're leading us in. And we thank you for your guidance. And we pray these things in Christ's most precious name. Amen. So as I was uh, working through the sermon, you know, Kent has always sent me notes. He always does this. And those of you that know the way I work, I usually don't work off of notes, and I won't be working off of notes. But he sends me six pages, and that's Kent. You know why Kent does that, right? How many of you ever had a conversation with Kent? Why do you laugh? How's that? Kent is so spot on, and he wants to make sure that every time that he proclaims the word, that he proclaims it directly with the way that God leads him. See, that's not what you thought I was going to say. 
And as he prepares his notes, I know he prays and he pours over these items. And today as I read through them, there's a lot of that that really pertains to my life and it really speaks to me. But two things that I wanted to pull out at the very beginning were two pieces of scripture. They're found in the book of Matthew, first of all. So if you have your Bibles, I ask you to turn to Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. If you don't have a Bible, there might be one on the rack in front of you or it'll be up on the screen. But it's really the direction in which we are summoned as Christians to start to move. And it's when Christ had set the disciples on their path for the mission that they were going to have to take out. Matthew 28, 16 says this, Then the eleven disciples left Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I stopped there. I can tell you that there's been a lot of times in my life in which Jesus has led me in a direction in which I know that he wants me to go. But before I even get started, Satan likes to throw that little doubt in there and creep it in. And I can't imagine as they were sitting there that those doubts and those thoughts, trying to outthink God is what I've come down in my life on. That when God lays something in front of me, take it up and run with it. Don't question don't worry about um, the, the details because God is bringing you to a point in your life where he wants you to do something great. And sometimes, sometimes the mission gets lost in all the details that we create around it. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this, that I am with you always, even until the end of the age. What a comforting statement to know that when it comes down to the decisions and the path that I follow in life, that I'm not traveling this by myself. And I wish that I could tell you that in my life, that it's always been that way. But no, Jeff tried to have his way. Now, I said this in the first service, and I've got to say it in the second service. I asked him not to tell Kendra this, but Kendra is the common sense in our relationship. Amen? Yeah. There's a lot of times that Jeff will build up a lot of stuff in his life, and he just lets it spew. And the stuff that comes from him is not very good. And God has given me a great mate that sometimes she will direct me in the direction I should go. Thinking about last night. And a lot of times in my life that I turn a deaf ear to people that are trying to speak to my life. And I'm not rem remembering the fact that Jesus Christ places those people in my, my direction because they're going to lead me specifically where I need to go. And they're trying to help me avoid the obstacles that I will create for myself. And as I talk about this and I talk about missions, I think about all the stuff that we plan and we do in this church. One of the things that I love about this church is the first thing I ever heard about it by the pastor of this church in a Frisher's in Cincinnati was, this is the most mission-minded church you will ever find. That if it's about getting God's word out, Burlington Baptist Church will do it just. And I think it's the one selling point. It's the one thing that I've 
probably repeated to more people than anything, and it's the truth. That it doesn't matter the people that have come before us, the people that are here, the, the saints that we know that have gone on, they all had that same inspiring desire to see God's word spread. I can tell you that as a student pastor, there's been times where I've had people walk up to me and say, Jeff, say, you know what, I'm not capable of going on a trip. But if you have somebody that wants to go on that mission trip or needs to go, you tell me about it and we'll meet their need. And guys, that just doesn't happen because I don't sit there and I don't plead and beg for that stuff. That's the Holy Spirit laying it on the heart of one brother and sister to meet the need of another brother and sister. And that's the kind of compassion that we see in this church. Yesterday morning, had the privilege of coming over, got here about 8.15, and I was witnessing the group of people that had unloaded a truck and were setting the food stores up and they opened the doors and people came in who needed groceries and they needed food. And they were parents with children. They were older people. It didn't matter. Every age category, every economic thought, it's across the board. But people coming in the door and our people in this church standing there welcoming with a smile, helping them, and reminding them that as bad as things get, they still matter. They're still a treasure to God and to us. And there are people in this church that have followed a uh, mission path around the world. This week I was reminded of that when I went down and saw my friend Lee. Yeah, I did hang on to his belt loop so he didn't fall out of a window so he could see a bird on a mission trip. And Lee can tell you some funny stories. I can tell you how, um, you know, just the way that he conducting himself, it always inspires me. I can tell you about one of my good friends. She's sitting right over here. I don't even use her name anymore, and that's E. If you were ever a youth during my youth ministry, you know who E is. You know what she's capable of, colored hair, rapping, all on mission trips, world changer trips, and those are the things that excite me, and I got so glad and blessed to have people like that. And so many more of you, you've been a part of mission trips when we've traveled out to New York and we've traveled to Montana and, yeah, I have to bring up Vegas even though we lost a trailer there. Um, but the time when we get to spend with people and doing that mission work, we're changing the lives and it's because we follow God's direction and it's not building obstacles or making excuses of why we can't do it. See, when I read that verse of Scripture, it reminds me of the fact that Jesus Christ is with you. There's another verse of Scripture that's found in the book of Acts. In Acts 1.8, it says this, But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What's the key word in that? Huh? No. What word is repeated in there? You. You. Who is you? This is Youth Minister Part 101. I ask you, you're supposed to respond. Who is you? All of you. And I hope you feel that and you know that. 
that Scripture speaks directly to us and gives us specific direction for our own lives. And when I read that, it says you. And whenever the Lord says the word you to me, he's wanting to get my attention. And what I know about this church is the area and the focus that we're getting ready to move into in the generation of this church is it's about being focused. We do missions around the world. A couple of weeks we're going to be going to Puerto Rico. We'll be working with a church that we've worked with before, people who have been devastated this last year with a hurricane. A couple of weeks after that, we're going to be sending children to children's camp, and we're going to be sending uh, the students to MCU down in Charleston, South Carolina. And it's great. It's a blessing. And I'm going to tell you this. For those of you that sit there and go, well, Jeff sent her kids. That's not a mission field. That's absolutely it. Do you understand that that's where the next missionaries are born? That's where God encounters those children and plants that seed and tells them that my word is good for all things at all times, and you need to share that. And those kids come back from that camp, and they have a more innocent but a more direct way to see their friends come to know Christ. See, when we open our doors for vacation Bible school, here at the church, and we have all these kids flood in here. It's not about us, and it's not about the numbers. It's about, can we convey to them that Jesus Christ loves them so much that he wants eternal life? And we rejoice in every time that we get to see one young person or an older person, as we saw today, come to know Christ and be baptized. <coughs> because it's the, the ultimate act of obedience in following Christ. It's their first opportunity to be a witness that Jesus Christ is at the center of their life. So what's happened is this, is we began as a staff praying about what we were going to do this summer. We asked God just kind of give us a, a plan for our, our direction for our church-wide mission trip. And God laid on all of us. We met one day and we were all talking about it that there's people that are a lot closer than the places that we've been traveling. Not that that's a bad thing. And then God, one day, as we were talking and contemplating, brought us to the attention of a request that came out of Stanton, Kentucky. Today we're blessed to have uh, Pastor Jonathan and his wife and son uh, with us. They were in the first service and um, they've come up today, but they serve in an area, and again, I apologize for stepping on you, but just to give them an idea, it's one of those things that when we went down to take a pre-project visit, the staff did, and we were sitting there meeting and more praying about the things that they needed. Um, we found out a lot about their area. Now, how many of you go to the gorge? Anybody going here go to the River Gorge? You ever go to Natural Bridge? Okay. It's pretty down there, isn't it? Stanton's one of those places that you pass by sometimes. You might stop off there and get something to eat. Got a load of those fast food restaurants in those two places. But Stanton is one of those places that you pass through. And a lot of times, uh, eastern Kentucky's forgotten. But it's an area in which individuals are fewer and fewer looking to God for direction in their lives. 
And it's not because they don't have godly men down there doing it, but the obstacles are so great. And we have the opportunity as a church that we're going to pull alongside of them um, at the end of July, July 23rd through the 26th. And specifically on that week, we're going to try to do some things. But this is going to be a partnership where we're going to walk with them and be in prayer with them and support um, the ministries because on a, it just blows my mind that the largest church that's down there on a good day is having 132 people for a county of 19,000 people. We've talked about this in our own church. I preached about this one Sunday, about that staggering number of 67% of this county, Boone County, the affluent county, the fastest growing county. We got everything. We got more restaurants, car washes, and now auto parts stores than anybody else. I guess we keep on buying cars because they don't keep building parts departments. But 67% of our own county has never been reached with the message of Jesus Christ. They don't not only go to church, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we got a chance to meet Jonathan and listen to his story, it became a real burden on us. First thing I want to tell you is they're not a welfare county. They're not. This man is dedicated to help that church. One of the hardest conversations we had, and I thought about this while you were talking in the first service, Jonathan. You were sitting in my office, and I looked at you across the table. I said, you know what? There's no guarantee this is going to work out. There's no guarantee that the doors on that church aren't going to close. But what kind of a Christian would I be if I didn't go down without a fight and helping somebody that had a passion to reach his community? So what Kent and I did, we we kind of got with Jonathan and asked him um, if he would come up here today and just share a little about his community. Minister Jonathan. Let him share from his heart. Um, you want me to tell him about the money thing? Yeah. I don't think. After our first service, you, you see, this is, that's the way they are. <laughs> A- after the first service, we're sitting here, and, and Jonathan comes up, and he, he says, I've got some money that somebody came and gave me uh, from the ministry down there. And he says, and that's all well and good. He says, what I want you to do is put that in a fund for when you come down there to help us for the stuff that we're going to need. So I just want you to know the man's heart isn't here to ask you to open up your wallet. It's to open up your heart and open up the, the ability to go down and serve and share in your ministry. So brother, speak to us. associate pastor, you are blessed to have two wonderful men leading you spiritually at your church. Amen? And Jeff does have a passion for missions. Uh, Even the first time we met, I could tell that he was sincere about making an impact for the kingdom of God. You know, and missions is not only your DNA, but it is the DNA of God. God's heart's desire 
is take the gospel to the darkest places on earth. I'm not saying Stanton Baptist is the darkest area or Stanton uh, in the community, but I can tell you it's a very dark place. Only 8% of the population of Powell County will attend a church on Sunday. 8%. And just out of that 8%, majority of those are very immature believers. Because so often the leadership has not been there to disciple them and to help them to have that God vision and that mission vision to make an impact upon their community. And so as we started looking at our church and we realized that the decline that we've been been experiencing and, and just not been able to get anything moving in the church, uh, we just started praying uh, what the Lord would have us to do. And he laid upon our heart to put it on the KBC website for mission teams to come in. We had a lot of mission teams call us and say, we want to be on board. They're willing to come for a week. They're willing to come for four days. They're, they're willing to come on a Sunday. And I appreciate that. We need those type of mission teams to come and to do that type of work and, and make an impact while they're there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I promise you that that to have that opportunity to build a partnership with a sister church means a lot. If it's just knowing that Jeff and his team are praying for Stanton Baptist, that you guys are praying for Stanton Baptist, God can move mighty, mighty mountains and, and, and move his kingdom just through prayer. I believe that, amen? But I'm excited about what God could do with you guys as you come and you love upon the people of standing in the community in Powell County. The, the, the best and, and most wonderful way to tear down dark, hardened, callous hearts is through the church showing God's love to them. There just a surrounding Stanton Baptist Church within a three-mile area, 6,000 people. The average income for that area is approximately about $18,000 in a month. Poverty. Not all of Powell County is poverty, but you're living on $18,000 a year. It's just tough to live. And so many of those families are addicted to drugs. Mom and dad's addicted to drugs. And so the kids feel the impact of that poverty. The greatest means of reaching those kids is vacation Bible school, backyard Bible school, uh, uh, park doing things in the park and the community, just anything to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, the government is not going to rescue those kids. The government is not going to rescue those families. Only thing that's going to change those families is the gospel of Jesus Christ and give them a future and a hope of tomorrow. 
So when I come and I ask and thank you and, and plead with you to be part of this, not only, not only do you want to join in and come and be with us as, as a church, I, I look for that and I'm excited about that, but just be thankful you're in a church that is mission-minded. You've got an opportunity to be part of what God is doing in the greater world, in your state, in your community. I mean, you're making mission trip after mission trip. And I promise you, the greatest thing you could do with your life is get on board of what God is doing, and you will be blessed, you will be, you will be encouraged, you will enjoy your time. I've never went on a mission trip, Jeff, that I didn't come back refreshed. Never. It's hard work. Difficulty. I mean, there's a lot of things you can face. I, I was on a mission trip that uh, to Brazil when my oldest son was five days old, and that makes for a difficult mission trip uh, into the jungle of South America where you can't talk. But I promise you, I was blessed. My family was took care of. Issues were took care of. So I, I come back and I just I thank you and I thank Jeff and I thank for you as a church willing to support and willing to come along with us to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I'm just reminded once again of the fact in Wells in 1903, 17 people got together and started praying. And they started praying for revival. And what ended up happening was the great Wells revival took place where within a year, Hundred thousand people come to know Christ. Seventeen people. I believe God could take a small group of people like Stanton Baptist, start praying for revival, start praying for God's movement, and and people coming along with them and praying with them and supporting that God could start another revival in eastern Kentucky. Would it not be great to be part of something that God is doing that hopefully we would see hundreds of thousands of people come to know Christ? I still believe God could do that today. Amen? Thousands, Jeff, thousands of churches have closed their doors this month. And I'll just I'll just be honest with you, without sister churches coming along with them, supporting them, helping them to reach that community, wherever that church is located, many of these churches don't function in eastern Kentucky. I'll finish with this, say that as I was praying and as I was sitting in my office, looking at the church, realizing we're within no longer than two years of closing our doors. Discouraged, frustrated, really kind of like David Wise just told, downcast type of situation. And God started moving on the hearts of people. Like I said, we've got mission teams coming this year. I've been very blessed to Jeff and, and just his kindred spirit to know that I can pick up the phone and call him. And it's been a pleasure for me. He's invited me to come up anytime I want to just be encouraged by them, come spend uh, a morning with them and just be encouraged. I'm thankful for that. Pastors need that in Eastern Kentucky. A lot of pastors need that in a lot of hard and difficult places. So I thank you as a pastor, as someone 
managing in a hard spot is where first the attention matters. If you've got God's DNA planted in your heart firmly, to make an impact on each other, help impact others. So I encourage you to come and be part of that, see what God is going to be doing. I know you've been able to see some of the pictures of what's going on here. Um, Stanton Baptist was at one time was a church in Powell County that were supporting missionaries to all parts of the world. Throughout its life, most of the time, it was given 20% or more to mission work. But it just finds itself now in needing missionaries. So I encourage you to be praying about what God would do to use you in that area, how he would impact the kingdom by you being there. And I just, I just pray the Lord would just bless you in your efforts. It's just you're praying for the kingdom to come. And I'm thankful for that. Eloise, did we go to Wales? We were in Wales. You know, I, I thought about that, too, when you said that in the first service. And Charles Spurgeon is one of my guys. And the times that we go over, uh, I've been in England. It's amazing to me because when he talks about such a sweeping thing, it, there's no other way to say it, but it was exponential growth. Because when he walked out of the coal mine and he began preaching, there was only a couple people listened to him, but then those couple people started telling somebody else. And see, that's the whole idea between our faith. If you look back through the generations of the Christian faith and how it survived for 2,000 years, it's exponential growth. It's because the people of that time kept on with the ministry and kept growing. It's the reason why Burlington Baptist is what it is today. Because you know the story, we talked about this in our celebration year, 175 years, because it was a small band of people that gathered to constitute this church. And as that group that was uh, about 20, a little bit less than 20, got together and they saw enough, I can't imagine the words they would use to express when they would come in here on a Sunday today and see so many people that continue to carry the faith and the cross of Jesus Christ each day. It's, you're exactly right. It should be every Christian's DNA. Because if we are made new, you know, the greatest mission trip that was ever done was God sending Jesus Christ out of heaven to come down and save people like us. What a missionary. So it's just not about this one, but it's about the future and the vision of this church as we move forward, we want you to be a part of it. In any way that God leads you to do that, and it might not be here in Stanton, it might be serving someplace else. It might be in prayer, because we need so much in prayer. We need to bathe everything that we do in prayer. But don't miss the opportunity that God has given you for your life. He did not save us to see this. He saved us to send us on our way. To go. And as we read in that verse, what is the most important person who was mentioned three times? Jesus. Jesus. So as we get ready to join together in song and look towards the conclusion of the service,
us have one question as the praise team comes forward. If God was talking about you and you believe that in your heart, if God was talking about you because he's gifted you in a way, if God was talking about you because there's just that desire to serve and to make sure that your fellow brothers and sisters that might not even know Christ yet come to know Christ. If you think that that is you, that he was talking about those, I just want you to stand up. I want you to just stand up. If you think that you are that person in that piece of scripture and you believe that in all your heart, that when God was calling you, just stand up. Because that's what we do. You is everyone. And it might be here in Burlington. It might be at your place of work. It might be at school. But you are the person that God is calling and asking to come up. So as we join together in song, just begin to think about this and pray about it. Out in the foyer, you're going to notice on a table that we've created a little piece of paper that just says, if you're interested in the Stanton Mission Field, but it's not about money or anything else today. This is about our commitment to see Burlington Baptist Church be the church that God needs us to be. And that's pulling along.